The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Parenthood. Your life does not end here. Hi, I'm Chriselle Lim, mother of two. And I'm Sarah Son, also a mother of two. We are longtime friends and now mothers. This is Being Bumo, a podcast about all things parenting. We want to have honest conversations about motherhood so we can each define it for ourselves. We're here to build our village and we hope that you join us. I thought I had for you, Chris, because your girls are still younger, was if you're noticing this shift. For example, I used to have my daughter go to preschool when she was three and just regular clothes, like gray gap t-shirts. A lot of them are hand-me-downs from brother. Mm -hmm. And there was a shift in her where she wanted to ask for princess dresses. Hmm. And I'm not sure where that was coming from. I didn't know where it was coming from at first. Now because I she's know. not exposed to it? I'm not I'm not buying princess dresses for her. So she's seeing it at preschool. It's She's, she's being socialized at preschool. Mm -hmm. And so… But what's wrong with princess dresses? Well, that's a whole different conversation. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with princess dresses. I just… The attention that it goes to that. Well, I think the problem lies not with the dress, but the attention that young girls, girls. get when mm -hmm. they are dressed up. Like, why is it that my daughter is all of a sudden getting all these compliments when yep. she's in a pretty dress yeah. versus a regular When she's building outfit. Legos on the corner or reading two books, right? So… Yeah, that's I, I I was having a really hard time with that. And I know that the research says to socialize them when they're young. Mm. That's really good for them. It's you know, that's how they learn these interactions. But I don't know. Sometimes I feel like they also learn quote unquote not bad things, but things that they don't really need to be exposed to. At but don't four. you think that they will get exposed to it at some point anyways? Yes. And like we said in the digital episode, they're we're gonna give them social media, but do these conversations have to happen so early is right. kind of my point. Like, why don't we give them like 10 years to be kind of in a bubble yeah, and really build their esteem and their self-awareness and really find confidence in the things that are important, not the princess dress, and and then send them off to the world. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying, but 10 years, like they're, they're going to be in school and they're going to learn about other things otherwise through media. I mean, the kids have access to so much information now, way more than we did, especially once they start making friends, yeah. right? I think the princess thing, it's not against princess. I dressed up as a princess three years ago, the frozen You thing. are, sorry, sorry, I have to cut you off here. <laughs> you are the most princess person <laughs> I know. Yeah, I am Excuse a beauty pageant me? queen You person. are a beauty pageant I know, queen. I know, and maybe this is why I reflect on it so much because, okay, here's my actual point. It's not the fact that I would dress my daughter when she was four in Youngjin's, you know, hand-me-downs, just blue shorts. That's not the point. And then she would go to preschool and all the girls are wearing Belle and Cinderella dresses and then she comes home and wants it. That's not the point. The point is, I think the research points that girls, when it, once they're in middle school, they want to drop their math and science. And the research is relatively clear that girls are really good at math and sciences, but by the time they get to middle school, they drop it. Why do they drop it? Because they're now more focused on this other piece. Their brain is now being mostly captured by what are they wearing? What are boys thinking? Who's popular? Where are they going? Mm. What are they eating? And I get that that's normal. I get that that's part of life. Some of that is fine. 
But I think it just it starts to trickle down and it starts very early on when we start to socialize them and all the attention is going to, you're so pretty, I love your dress, I love your shoes, I love your things. Um, and I get that I am also a part of that because I'm incredibly vain, but, <laughs> but like now that we're raising our own children, maybe let's not make the same mistakes yeah. is kind of the point, right? Well, I think there's a lot of emphasis on looks for girls and you get that so early on like literally right when they're born, yes. right? Like right when they come out of you, they're just like, oh, she's so pretty. Like they don't say that to a boy. Oh, he's, he's so, so handsome. handsome. I mean, I guess they do in that sense, but they don't really say that either. Not with the same intonation. Yeah. <laughs> but I think… Not with the same judginess. I mean, this is not the topic that we're talking about today. So let us know if you guys want us to go further into details because I think there's a lot to be said here, especially when it comes to raising girls and toxic masculinity in boys, Mm -hmm. like how to avoid that and also breaking kind of stereotypes because we're all bound to our own stereotypes that we were raised from our parents. So how do we break free from those and raise, you know, kids without those who that are confident in who they are and don't feel that they need external validation. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's kind of the point. Yeah. So yeah, let us know on, I guess, Instagram if you want to. Oh, yeah. If you want us yeah. to talk more about this. But today we are going to be talking about nanny versus daycare. Yeah, I really like this topic. I do too, because because every mom has to come to a choice. Like every mom or dad at some point has to say, well, I need help. Mm-hmm. Whether you're stay-at-home parents, like even stay-at-home parents, we need help, like whether that's around the house or t- raising the children. So it's definitely a question that I think everybody has to face at some point. And like, honestly, it's probably one of the hardest decisions mm-hmm. to make as a working parent mm-hmm. because you are in a position now after being with this little thing in your belly for the past like, I don't know, almost… 40 weeks. Yeah, 40 yeah. weeks. Now you have to figure out how you're going to be separated from them. And yeah. that that is hard, yeah. right? It's heartbreaking. And so… Yeah. I still haven't made that decision. <laughs> your kids are in school now. So you're you're fine. I, I've, I've done some of the separation. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. And, you know, I think many people don't have a choice. So yeah. they do have to make one choice hard, for the really other, choices, which is yeah. really, really hard. And it's honestly one of the reasons, actually the reason why I built Bumo, right? Yeah. Because I just felt like it was unfair for mothers to be separated at a certain age, at yeah. such an early age to go back to work mm-hmm. because a lot of these moms have to work, mm-hmm. right? They have no, and not just moms, dads too, they have to work. Yeah. And so that is why I built Bumo. But let's talk about it. Let's talk about daycare versus nanny. So for you, Chris, for your personal experience, what was your primary reason? I mean, yes, you have to go to work and figure that out. But like, what was your thought process when you were trying to make a choice? So when I had Chloe, I said, I'm going to be with her all the time. And in my head, I was going to be full-time working mom, but also full-time with her. Yeah. You know, six months into it, I was like, oh, I don't think this is possible. This is really, really hard. Especially at that age, around six to nine months when they start getting a bit more active. Because mm-hmm. the first three months, you you can get things done still, right? Even though you're recovering, they're still so little and all they really need is milk and that's it, right? But once they start moving around, you're <laughs> you like… so funny to 
assume you're right. Why? <laughs> it's so indicative of who you are that you think what we call the fourth trimester was like so easy because it was like the hardest three I mean, months for me. <laughs> it was- I'm looking at you like, where's she going with this? No, no, don't get me wrong. It was the hardest thing. I'm not underestimating it by any means. I'm definitely- no, I think it's also indicative of how, like how you, you're so efficient in many ways. Yeah. I remember those three months being like, I hadn't slept. I, I, the milk wasn't coming in. Like just the most stressful three months. It's I mean, crazy that, yeah. It was, right? Yeah. But I think when, for me, I'm a business owner. And I, this is the unfortunate thing when you own your own business, small business, is that you don't get maternity leave. Yeah, yeah, you can't stop. Mm. I'm in a different place now where I am in my life. Especially when I had Colette, I was in a better financial place to be able to make better decisions. But when I had Chloe, I was building my business. Yeah. And so I couldn't really, as a business owner, step out completely. Yeah. So I was half foot in, half foot out. So it was really, really hard. But I almost had to, I almost forgot about how hard it was because I was trying to upkeep this other thing of mine as well. And it was, I think a lot of it was postpartum depression was caused by and, doing both. And just to be clear, some people find the first three months fine. It's it's not everybody, not everybody struggles the, the fourth trimester, to be honest. I, I found it really hard. And it's, you know, you were able to manage both. I'm just shocked that you were able to do it. That's yeah. really what I was trying to say. So with me, going back to your question, so six months in, I was like, wow, this is really, really hard. I can barely get anything done. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to continue my business and my work if I'm con- I- I'm continuously getting interrupted, right? Yeah. And so then we looked into nanny. We actually got a nanny first mm-hmm. and we tried that out. We had very bad experiences with nanny. The yeah. first, I-, I would say at least three of them. And after that, you just kind of lose hope and I guess that trust with people yeah. after a few bad experiences. And at that point, I was like, well, at a school when there's where there's a lot of people, where there's more adults around, yeah. they can't they can't mess around, oh, right? They can't. I see what you're saying. They can't just like leave a child and like go on their be on their phone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I felt like there was more accountability, accountability, and, sure. and oh. I trusted that a bit more. And also financially, especially with Chloe, when I first had her, I was you know, just starting starting my business. And not just, I was like halfway into it, but I was starting to make some money, mm-hmm. right? And I didn't really have the like unlimited funds to just be like, I'm just going to hire the best of the best nannies. And so financially it made a lot more sense because it is half the cost mm-hmm. of having a nanny with daycare. And so that is why I decided to put her into daycare. I first started off part-time, and then once I started to feel more comfortable and saw her adjust to it, then I put her in full time. And she started, I believe, I think it was about at like one years old, a little over a year old. So I did about a year trying to figure out, you know, this nanny situation and it didn't work out. Right. And then about a year into it, I was like, okay, I'm just going to commit. And it was like the hardest thing yeah. because. Like, I remember just sitting in my car crying because yeah. I left my baby yeah. at a place. Like, when I was, I've been with her for the past, like, year and a half, right? Yeah. Like, in my belly. Yeah. So, I just remember that heartbreaking feeling and continuing to feel like that at least for another, like, two years. Yeah. Mm. And, but I, I really had no other choice, right? Yeah. And obviously, I had 
grandpa at the time, but he was also health-wise not very consistent. And I just didn't want to rely on him and put the pressure on him. And that very young, young newborn first yes. year is hard sometimes for like older, older yeah, family members. I agree. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. So that was my experience with daycare. And it, Chloe, it was really hard for her. For some reason with Chloe, it just took her a hot minute to adjust. But with Colette, it's like, okay, bye. <laughs> like the minute that I decided to put her in daycare. Mm-hmm. And, and how early did you put Colette in daycare? Colette, because of COVID, she was in for about, I would say six months. And then we had to pull her out mm-hmm. because of COVID started. So she was she was probably about, I would say a year and a half when we first started her. And she was fine. She was totally fine. I think it also is dependent on personality type. Yeah. And like her sister's going. So she's familiar with. Yeah. 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 And then COVID hit. So we pulled everyone out. And then now she's starting again. And then she also goes with me to Bumo at least twice a week. And she for me as a working mother, I was like, dang, I wish I had this. Like, I wish I had this with Chloe because I have so many little random moments that Mm -hmm. I remember with Colette because Mm -hmm. With Bumo, I'm able to do my lunches with her. I'm able to still do like mommy and me classes with her. I didn't do any of that with Chloe. None of that with Chloe. Mm -hmm. And people are like, well, isn't it just like a daycare? And I'm like, yeah, but because the fact that you're you're not there, I'm not there, right? So here it's like, I I would have breastfed longer too if mm. I physically was able to be there for them. So I think Bumo is amazing. Yeah. I mean, this is not a Bumo plug, kind of is, but no. But it's inspired by the struggles that you went through as a mother, and you've taken those struggles and offered solutions. Yeah. Which to me, is cr- like crazy amazing. I mean, if I think back to if there was a space like Bumo before when I was twenty six and pregnant, you know, the first two years were hard. So and not hard. just like, oh, I didn't get back to go to, I didn't go back to work, but just hard in general. Like, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to take mm-hmm. care of this baby the first time. And even if you have the help, you're still learning how to do it. And like, even if you had, even if you left your child at daycare or preschool or with a nanny, like there isn't a place where you could just be with your child, but also, you know, take care of your things yeah. and then go attend to your baby when you need to. Have you ever woken up and looked in the mirror and said, whoa, why do I look so tired? Why does my skin look so dull? Well, I've been there. But the question is, where do I start? How do I get my skin to look bright and youthful and just alive? For me personally, one of my most used skincare ingredients is vitamin C. If you want your skin to look brighter and less dull, this is the answer. But sometimes it's really overwhelming with all that is out there. So let me introduce you to Matter of Fact. Matter of Fact is a new skincare brand that focuses on innovation, clinical efficacy, and straightforward information. They launch with a patent pending vitamin C serum, which I love. It's able to deliver a truly stabilized, solubilized 20% concentration of azorbic acid to improve the appearance of skin dullness, discoloration, and fine lines and wrinkles. Literally music to my ears. Their products are backed by robust clinical studies, which they share on their website. Their vitamin C serum is like none other that 
I've tried. And I'm so serious about this. So the vitamin C serum is like none other that I've tried. And I think it's really because of the 20% concentration of vitamin C. You can really see a noticeable difference in the skin. I use it in the AM and PM right before my moisturizer. And it's one of those serums I cannot leave the house without or go to bed without. And I promise you guys, you will love it and see a noticeable difference. So you can use code BUMO at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. Visit matteroffact.com for more information. That is M-A-T-T-E-R-O-F-F-A-C-T.com. Yeah. It's just like that access, like having access to them and like having that peace of mind that they're right next to you. If something happens, they're right next to you Mm -hmm. and you could literally just like take a few steps and be there with them, right? But how about for you? What what was your situation like? I, let me think back. I now have eight-year-old and 10-year-old. The first year, I had a night nurse the first couple months. And then I had a, I had a nanny. Mm. I had somebody at the house, maybe come three times a week. And she was helping me with, she was just helping me take care of the baby. Just diapering, cleaning after, feeding. I mean, not feeding. I was mostly breastfeeding, but taking care of that. Just having somebody there to to help me with whatever needed to be done at home. And then I went through a period where when my first one started to go to preschool at around three years old, and I was just starting with the second and she was a newborn that I thought maybe I didn't need help. Mm. And then I was I was thinking about putting her earlier in preschool, like mm. a two and a half instead mm-hmm. of like more of the three and a half bracket. And then quickly realized that maybe I was just going to keep her home as much as possible. So then I had, you know, I had the nanny come and help me with with the babies. And I think that, you know what's so interesting? I never considered daycare. Like It just wasn't really like a conversation that people were having around me when mm-hmm. we had the little ones. Yeah. Do you think it's because a lot of the women around you were not working? Do you think that that is a big differentiator? Yeah, maybe because yeah. most of us had decided to stay home and didn't look at other options maybe. Mm-hmm. And we just assume being the primary caretaker of our children didn't really think about you know, putting that elsewhere. It's interesting how just who, not I don't like to use the word associate with, but who your crew is, right? Like Mm -hmm. who you hang out with kind of shows you the different ways that people think. Because for Mm -hmm. me, and I mean, obviously you're my one full-time stay-at-home mommy friend, right? (laughs) But then (laughs) I'm not like, I better be your only working mommy friend, okay? So, but the people around me that were all working mothers Mm -hmm. that had to go back, Mm -hmm. that was the only conversation we were having is Mm -hmm. which daycare are we putting them in, right? And so it just shows you that everyone's situation is different. There's Mm -hmm. no right or wrong. It's just your current situation, right? Yeah, And what that looks like. And your community and what they are talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, I think. And I think just naturally, I gravitated to the stay-at-home moms and befriended them and tried to learn from them on what they were doing. And that's kind of what they were doing. They were home, so they would have somebody come two or three times a week to help them alleviate some of the workload. And I think that's important. That's like really, really... I think that's motherhood 101 is... Once you become a mom, mm-hmm. you have to find your tribe, right? You yeah. have to find the people that you could see yourself mm-hmm. in. And naturally for you, you're like, okay, well, where where are my stay-at-home moms yeah. at, right? Because yeah. I want to learn from them, yeah. the people that have done it. 
And for me, I was gravitating towards all the women that have been working because I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I don't know how I'm going to yeah. manage this. Yeah. I feel so guilty. I feel like crap that I'm leaving my kids. Like, yeah. And then so having these conversations within the community made me feel so much more better and about the decisions that I was making because mm-hmm. I think… Because they've done it and they could share wisdom and help yeah. you understand that it's… You didn't have to bear all of that yourself. Yeah. But I also think with, you know, I did experience the nanny for a while. I also think, and I don't know if you felt like this, but I felt like at a certain point, they just, and maybe it's the age gap, because I generally hired older nannies, like mm-hmm. um, like my 40, mom's, 50s. Yeah. like my mom's age, like yeah. 50s, yeah. maybe late 50s, early 60s, maybe. Maybe it's oh, like like the Koreans, okay. Korean mm-hmm. Ajumas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted them to be like my mom, basically. Yeah, yeah. Just- but maybe because of the age difference, at a certain age in the kid's life, I felt like the interaction with them was just not as… Yeah, like fun. Fun and, and interactive. Like my active. oldest daughter, she just didn't really want to hang out with the nanny anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that's when I was like, okay, well, maybe maybe this whole daycare thing is good for you. Right? Because you are getting the social skills. But then… Goes into many other problems, oh, as we boy. know. I have very conflicting uh, opinions about socializing them too early, too. To I mean, honest. tell me. I want to know. <laughs> I, let, let's talk. Let, let's talk right now. Okay. Okay. Well, this is just, you know, my personal experience. I just remember, again, I, I think I said it on the previous episode, like the families that I really love and like how they're mothering and how they're raising their children. They've said very clear things to me. First of all, first of them, which we talked about on the episode about the digital things, pick your battles, mm-hmm. right? You can't say no to everything, but you should be able to say no to some things. Yeah. And, you know, those, those are boundaries. All right. Time for lunch. All right, guys. It is here. The holidays are just around the corner. I mean, I cannot believe it. And I promised myself this year that I'm going to get ahead of everyone else and actually enjoy the holidays for what it is and worrying about last minute gifts. I mean, trust me, I've been there and done that too many times. Holidays are all about coming together with our loved ones and taking an active role in creating magic for the season. And I'm a true believer that memories are created from doing things instead of buying things. So whether it's cutting paper snowflakes, gluing sticky ornaments, or kneading holiday cookie dough, creating these things together actually create the memories for the holidays. Sure, we can buy ornaments, but isn't building your own so much more awesome? So this year, KiwiCo wants to invite you and your family to make the holidays a little less prepackaged and a little more hands-on, which I love. And of course, all while learning a thing or two along the way. So as you guys know, I've been talking about KiwiCo for a while now. My daughters and I have been using it for many, many months now, and we are obsessed. I mean, I've kind of lost track of how many boxes that we've done, but we still cannot get enough. And the most recent one that I did with my daughter, Chloe, was a pinball machine crate. And oh my gosh, it was so much fun. And she was just so astonished by the end of the project. We made everything from the board to the actual game in itself. We played with angles and momentum and the look on Chloe 
Chloe's face when she finished the project was seriously so priceless. She was so proud of herself that she did it on her own with, of course, a little help from me, but it's a prized possession in her room. Now, no one can touch it. It's like on the top corner of her shelf. We also just got the walking robot crate, which we are so excited about to try. I love that KiwiCo allows kids to become so proud of their own creation and really value the process. So your child can get super cool hands-on science and art and geography projects delivered right to their door every single month. And I promise you guys, the day that the box arrives, that will be their favorite day of the month. I mean, at least it is for my kids. And you'll also be surprised at how high quality the materials are too. These are real engineering, science, and art projects for children. As a busy parent, I know it can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children busy and challenged. So let KiwiCo do the legwork for you so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. There's no commitment, so you can pause or cancel at any time. So this holiday, don't just teach kids how to buy, but teach them how to build. Give them a gift of hands-on holiday with a KiwiCo subscription and celebrate a love for hands-on learning all year long. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code BUMO at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com. Promo code BUMO, B-U-M-O. Do you have anything today? Okay, so it's not it's not a food item, but you know, we are so close to I think getting to the finish line and by that I mean, you know, pr- making sure our kids are safe and protected in schools mm-hmm. and maybe we're not going back to remote learning. But I think this is a good time <laughs> to remind parents to, you know, stay safe to remember that we're still going through COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I brought um some special masks for COVID, and, uh, for COVID, for Colette and, uh, I mean, I, I mean, love lunch break. She's always bringing me stuff yeah. and my kids stuff. It's like Christmas. Okay. First of all, I found this mask that has. So cute. The purple tie dye. Well, yeah, the tie dye is one thing, but it has a, it has like the necklace loop oh. already attached to the mask so that you don't have to attach the little necklaces that people have been doing, which is also fine, but it gets like tangled everywhere. So this is great. It's by Joie Love, J-O-A-H Love. And they're all made in the US with really soft organic cotton. I love this. I actually have such a big issue with the little necklaces because they just get caught everywhere. They lose them. They want to change it out for different masks. It's so inconvenient, but this solves all the problems. And I love that it's… Um, adjustable. Adjustable. Yeah. It's a really… It was a very thoughtful design choice very thoughtful. by the brand. Yeah. Does Sophia wear this? Yeah, yeah, Sophia wears this school. No, she hasn't worn that one. That one's clean. And then, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you know about these already, but these are the copper masks for kids. And I brought them for the girls. Ooh. And they just sell them at the Korean market. And copper is supposed to be like a natural filter. So these are great. Wow. Made with copper infused fabric for kids. I love it. I mean, the things that we find in the Korean market, um, they, right? They nail every outfit is from there that I wear. Okay, and then this one is a disposable mask, which is great, you know, for like taking trips or whatever. But again, they have this adjustable piece to it because, you know, Colette versus Chloe, like they probably have different sizes, need Finding different sizes. Mask for, for, for little, kids. little ones. Yeah, it's so been hard. hard. Yeah. Thank you. And sometimes are, yeah, so those are great. So uh, please, you know, let's remember we're still going through COVID. Some kids are home right now because there have been COVID cases at home. So, oh, goodness. We're, we're kind of, yeah, I mean, it's been crazy in that sense of schools. Maybe that's something we should talk about eventually, which is like 
vaccines and kids and COVID, mm-hmm. which could be a tricky top- topic, but it is something that parents are all going through right now, yeah. which yeah. is challenging. Okay. So what do you have? Have I shown you this before? Oh, you mentioned it when you brought that gigantic bottle oh, of water. Oh, I did. But I don't know if it's the same one. Is it the same one? So I'm going to give this to you. I haven't used it yet. But okay. yes, it is eight grains. It's, I do not eat vegetables. I know that mm. is a horrible thing to say. I'm not like you. You're very good with your veggies. I pick out my veggies. And I still… You're such I, a child. I'm such a <laughs> I eat literally like a child. Yeah. If I could eat off the kids menu every day, I would. <laughs> Chicken tenders my, or pizza? <laughs> Mac and cheese. Oh, mac and, cheese. <laughs> and chicken tenders. <gasps> and butter pasta. Oh, love all that. Pasta. But this has helped me. I just pop it into my water. I'm all about flavoring my water because I drink a lot of it. But it has all of the greens. Um, it has spinach, aloe vera, wheatgrass, kale, blue-green algae, spirulina, chlorella, barley grass, milk thistle, and apple cider vinegar. It's gluten-free. It's only 15 calories. And one cup, one pill contains as much as five cups of asparagus, 12 cups of lima beans. Are you serious? Let me see that. Six whole limes and seven cups of milk. Just one tiny little… Seven cups of milk? Yeah. So you get your calcium. It's pretty… It's pretty strong. So that's for you. You can keep that. Just throw it in your water. And you just… You just… Drink your water and you got all the veggies that you need. Of That's course, amazing. I'm sure there's things that it doesn't include because it's probably so… How do they do that? How do they get all these vegetables and know. put it in a little tablet? Like I have no clue. It's so interesting. I mean, the technology and science these days is very impressive. Okay, well, thank you. You are welcome and thank you for my mask. I love my nanny. She was my best friend for, I would say, two years. I would call Lynette and say… You've been demoted. I remember. Because Titi is now my best friend. I remember Titi would take your outfit photos <laughs> and she would literally do everything with you and for you. And she was she was a homie. She was the best. I know. And that's why I feel… So, I, I, I didn't know that about your experiences with Nanny. Well, they were so short-lived. Yeah. I, I mean, I could go on with Nanny nightmare stories, but I don't want to scare any new moms here. Yeah. But, but the, I got some real, real crazy nanny oh, stories. Horrible with your brand new baby. Like, I mean, I think that's a big, a big reason also why I, I was. It's it's hard to make that decision. Yeah, well, don't but, you feel like that is why you were able to make that decision? Was of course one, you're able to financially afford it, but two, because you were at home, you felt comfortable to monitor this person with your baby and your child. Exactly. It's not like I was leaving my babies with the nanny. Yeah. She was there supporting me. I We were doing it together. together. Yeah. That so was like your diff- partner. Yeah. It's a different experience. So do you like, understand why though now as for a lot of working parents or, or moms, maybe they do have the option of having a nanny, but they choose not to because one… It's literally just them and the child. And as much as you trust them, but can you really trust no, them? No, I could not. I like I could not. I now that I now that I understand the daycare mm-hmm. setup, it it makes so much sense that you would do daycare versus a nanny who's with your kid eight hours by herself all day because she's also going to get tired and she's also going to lose her patience. I mean, and- nannies, I actually wanted to interview a nanny that I've been following because she talks about all of these things. I've mm-hmm. I don't know what her Instagram handle is, but it's really it's really interesting hearing it from the nanny's oh, perspective. Yeah. Uh-huh. But she was saying how they're also humans, mm-hmm. right? 
they also have a point where they just need a break. They need a break. Yeah. And I think parents oftentimes forget that and they just think that this person can do everything. And yeah. so if I'm going to be out at work all day and knowing that this person is going to need a break and this person is going to get tired, I'd rather have five people mm-hmm. that can support this child of mine and take turns, right? And just the accountability and structure format of a daycare makes more sense. Yeah. It's safer. It feels safer. Because it's not even like your mom was with the nanny and things like that or sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And But honestly, just so you know, and I'm sure a lot of new moms are also listening to this because they're trying to figure it out themselves. Yeah. It feels really cruel when you drop off your kid at daycare. I'm just going to say it like that. It just feels like you're… You're committing a huge felony or I, I don't know. I just felt so, so guilty. wrong yeah. and guilty when I was doing because she's so helpless, yeah. right? And you're literally leaving your child with a stranger. Yeah. And so it's so hard for yeah. for mothers when you do make that decision of, okay, I'm going to choose daycare. But then it also feels so uncomfortable once you make that decision and having to go through that yeah. kind of emotion you just feel so crappy about yourself, at least for the first few months. Yeah. I think with the second child, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, go bye. <laughs> bye. Because you already have been through the ringer and you kind of know what emotions to expect. Yeah. And maybe the worst case scenario in your brain never comes yeah. true, right? It's not like they're going to do something terrible to your child. So, yeah, you know. exactly. And um, it's just a hard decision to make. And it doesn't get any easier. It, th- it is a little easier at Bumo, I have to say. But it's not easy at all to leave your child somewhere. And so I just want all moms to understand that, you know, have compassion for those moms that do decide to leave their child at daycare, right? It's not an easy choice for them. Of course. And it's like so emotionally heartbreaking. And then also on the flip side, if you are having a nanny or some sort of help, it's also not easy as well, especially if you're not at home because you're just like on… I was literally on edge all the time when I had a nanny. I was like… I I felt like I had to always check Check in with her. her. And they also don't like that either. Of course. Yeah, they don't want to be micromanaged. Yeah. So… Yeah. And I think really this whole conversation just makes me think that the whole structure, the whole social structure of of motherhood and what the costs are for on both sides. And and I kind of understand why some people, some women are choosing not to have children mm-hmm. because it's, there's a cost. There's like a really hard choice you have yeah. to make. And I don't know, sometimes I'm like, but why? Why, why then why do it? Or like, then why make these hard choices? Well, yeah, and I mean, it, it makes absolute no sense. And it's, it, the system hasn't changed since, Ever. Ever, right? right? And that's also one really big reason why we are trying to fix the problem with BUMO. But this is also the prime reason why most women leave the workforce is because one, they are not able to be with their kids and they're just like, why am I working? I can't even be with my child. But two, they're working literally to To pay for childcare. Yeah. So it's the cycle of, I want to continue my work, but my paycheck only covers the childcare. And so why would I work then? And so then they leave kind of that trajectory that they had for themselves 
in their career because it financially and physically makes absolutely no sense to them. And that it's a real big such problem. such an important point to make. Yeah. 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 And that's why you see, and it's not just moms that never had a career. These are prestigious moms. Yeah. These are moms that had law degrees. Mm-hmm. They're doctors, they're lawyers, business owners, they're business yeah. owners. And, and then they get, they fall into this concept that they have to do it all and can do it all. But again, like we've talked about in other episodes is that this is a 15 year gig. So you, it's not sustainable Yeah, at some point. Some something the cost is going to be there, and it's it usually the mom's health or like the mom's mental health yeah. or the child's mental health. So, yeah, it's just oh, the whole thing. I know, just so hard. Yeah, and that's why we're really excited to be bringing Bumo into a lot of corporate companies now. Oh, you guys are doing that? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, so I can't name who the, these companies are because they're pretty big companies, mm. and um, we have an NDA with them, but. These companies now are realizing that the millennial workforce that used to uh, be so excited about fear, free beer on Fridays and unlimited paid time off and a ping pong table in the conference room or whatever, they don't care about that stuff anymore. They care about childcare mm-hmm. because they are now the new parents, right? And so especially post-COVID, a lot of companies are having such a hard time trying to get their parents back to work. Mm. They don't want to get back to work because mm. they're like, I've been doing this at home for the past two years. Mm-hmm. I still got my my work done mm-hmm. and I, I would still be, be able to be with my kids, mm-hmm. right? So why would I need to come back to work? But companies, especially bigger companies, they need their talent back. And yeah. so some of the companies that we're working with, they're saying, hey, we're going to pay for your childcare. Mm. Now, do you want to come back? Yeah. Who would say no to that, yeah. right? I love that. And, I think like universities have setups like that, right? Yeah. So yeah. big companies like Patagonia has mm-hmm. been really good about the childcare system, implementing that. I don't know if they still have it, but they they were kind of the cream of the crop. Google had that for a while. And so I think now more than ever, companies are trying to figure out how do we how do we take care of the parents and the kids? Because we know that once we're able to support their personal family life, they will be a lifer. They'll be mm-hmm. with us forever, yeah. right? They won't leave the company. So that's actually saving them money. Companies bleed money because they lose talent mm-hmm. all the time and they have to recruit talent. And the talent pool right now is very slim because surprisingly, a lot of people don't want to work right now. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's been exciting for Bumo because these are the conversations we're having of like, how do we support our working parents? And well, you guys would go into that office space or what do you like, or would it like if you guys are have different locations? Yeah. Different so things? it depends on if they have space. So this one company that we're working with, they actually have space and we're building it out on their first entire first floor. And they're actually relocating all of the working parents onto that, that first floor. floor. So they could have that community. They could have one another. Their kids can play together. And so it's really building a community within the company. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. And I wonder if like 10 years ago, if even I had an option like that, if I had made, if if I had, if I would have made different choices. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of mothers would because I think at the end of the day, we're human and we pride ourselves in our skills and our talents, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Why would someone decide who's an extremely talented, let's say lawyer, for instance? Mm-hmm. I mean, unless they hated it, right? right? Why would they actually leave and stop once they have kids? It's yeah. because they they rather be with their kids. Yeah. But what if 
You could do they both. They could do both, right? right? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely something to say for people who, for women who choose to stay home because they want to be the primary caretakers and do the day-to-day with their kids and find fulfillment in that. But I think maybe some of us made the choice because there were no other options. Mm. Right? Do you feel that way sometimes? I do. I do. I was a young mom with with a lot of with goals in the workforce. I mean, I came to the States for that reason. And maybe if I had had that option, yeah, I would have looked at it differently. Mm. I mean, I've always wanted to stay home, like I said earlier, but I thought I was going to be older and I had already had like a career established. Mm. But as a young mom, I do think that I was sort of faced with a choice. Mm. And then I made a choice to stay home, which I'm so grateful I did. And I would not make a different choice. Yeah. But I do wonder if there was a space where I could have done some work and be close to my kids and still feel like I was part of the day-to-day with them. Yeah. If I would have thought differently about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think so. And honestly, it's such a short-lived period. Like we talked about before, it's the first six years that are just, actually first five years because at six, they start going to to school school. full-time, right? So it's really the first five years where mothers are faced with this challenge. But after the five years, you have a little bit more freedom and liberty. So the question is, then the workforce should change, right? They can't be like, okay, you can't work for five years. So bye, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the question now is like, okay, we know that this is such a specific time in a woman's life, Mm -hmm. especially if she had a career before. So how do we support her? and value her even within the five years. And because we know that at some point she's going to be able to, to work, work again, time. right? Yeah. And it really, it's kind of like an FU. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, if a company is like, okay, well, mm-hmm. we can't support you in that sense. So, and force women to choose. Yeah. 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 But again, it's different when you do decide to choose like mm-hmm. one for the other. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, there are women that this is their dream, like to stay at home and to be able to to do all those these little little things, right, yeah. for their child. Yeah. So that's one thing. But I'm talking about the women that have always wanted a career, mm-hmm. but they had no choice but yeah. to quit, right? Yeah. And so, and yeah. then the other thing we were talking about is the internet. How the internet has created a space for stay at home moms yeah. to have a side hustle, to have a yeah. side business. It's that alone is a huge game changer. Yeah, for absolutely. them to be able to. I mean, people get paid to write reviews on Amazon from home. Really? Yes. I know that. That's cool. Yes, like just like things like like internet jobs. I'm not even talking about like full blown businesses where you're selling something, but just internet jobs. I mean, I think we live in a gig economy now, mm. which is not necessarily someone having to work for corporate America. It's mm-hmm. literally finding these little niche markets and talents mm. that you could do at home when the kids are napping yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said here, but would love to hear your guys' thoughts on what we just talked about. We covered a lot, but yeah. mainly focusing on… Daycare versus nanny and what the thought process is through that and why, you know, you've made that choice for your family. Yeah. Why don't you guys DM us or even post on your stories about what decision you made and we'll repost it and we'll just have a conversation starter there because I would love to know, you know, where you guys stand. Yeah. Yeah. 
So thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in today. This was a lot of fun for Sarah and I to talk about and let you guys join in on it. So don't forget to DM us, follow us. You can find Sarah at Mama Son, myself at Chriselle Lim, and of course at Bumo Parent if you're not following us already. And we would love you so, so much if you left us a wonderful review that would help us and our podcast and will inspire us to continue to, to do more, to do more awesome episodes. Thank you so much and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. We want to keep this conversation going with you. So please leave us a DM on Instagram and make sure to follow us and subscribe to our podcast. And we would love it if you left us a review. Also, if you're in the Los Angeles area, make sure to visit us at Bumo Work at Westfield Century City Shopping Center. And if you're looking for educational-based content entertainment for your little ones, visit us at www.bumobrain.com or at Bumo Brain on Instagram. 